Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Tapping Its Crypto. Uh, I've got a special episode here today with Mr. Ben Simpson from The Collective Shift. I guess you could help us all run through, I don't know what we'd call this, a bit of a, you know, three-way counseling sesh. Gonna, yeah, I think I think that's what we'll break it down to be. Bit of a therapy. <laughs> bit of a therapy session. Group therapy. Yeah. So this week's episode, group therapy. Group therapy um, we always like we do like to team the episodes nowadays. So yeah, we can call okay. it we can call it a bit of group therapy. Yeah. And you know, a positive light on the future, right? Like yeah, it. that's what it's all about. You know? Of, you know, a better three to, to give some care. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And if you're expecting better conversation, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. What are we gonna cover anyway, Pav? Well, we're gonna get stuck into you know, there's a lot that's happened last year. A lot of people have jumped into the crypto market, maybe a bit too late and by too late on the way down. So we thought it would be a good way to just maybe the three of us unpack, you know, having been in the space for so long, how did we feel get to that point where we were comfortable with crypto? Because I feel, I feel like a lot of people out there just aren't comfortable. Is there um, a point where you feel comfortable with crypto? Mate, save it for the chat. Right. <laughs> Got it, got it. But more or less, this could just really be, you know, what did we all wish we knew before diving headfirst and heels heels into crypto? So what's your thoughts on that sort of been like anywhere, anything there that you think is a good place to start? It's a pretty big, broad topic. Yeah, I was pretty fortunate in it. And I guess I took about six months before I bought any crypto. So I started learning sort of mid-2017, saw the run up and was kind of scared by the idea of how fast it was going. And that was, you know, not that I knew much about crypto at all at that point, but I was lucky that I was able to, you know, ride the wave down into early 2018 until I started buying. Mm. And for me, it was just a lot of information I was trying to take in. Probably six months of genuinely listening to podcast content, YouTube content, you know, reading Andreas Antonopoulos' Bitcoin, Mm. uh, what his Bitcoin books, just consuming as much as I, you know, possibly could until... I feel as though it was like, it wasn't like a click of the finger, but it was just one day I was like, right, I, I get it now. Ready to go. I understand it. And I focused on Bitcoin. And it was a little bit easier, I think, for us that we're in a crypto that, you know, back in those days, because yeah. there wasn't Web3 and there wasn't NFTs right. and there wasn't it's ICOs less noise. or like yeah. all this stuff. There's yeah. a lot of noise these days. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't know if I should be calling it noise, but no. like there is essentially a lot yeah. of options for people to look at now as their first foray into crypto. Whereas for us, it was like, learn deposit money in yeah. and buy your assets right yeah we like we weren't even that concerned like i know i wasn't back in the day probably because i just didn't know enough about it yeah like i've been in it for a few years even before that but like private key ownership and actually mm. having wallets set up correctly was yeah. not something that was like top of mind yeah. yeah for me it was more about all right this thing is going to explode i need to yeah. get into it right yeah. and f- like Actually, credit to yourself for doing the research first. Yeah. Because I didn't do it. No, no. Yeah. I, and I didn't. How many people do? Really? Yeah. Ninety-nine point nine of people will just go and get on quickly, get yeah. on the thing, or try and get in quickly, which is obviously a common mistake, which is you yep. know, plays yeah. into what we're talking about today. So the way you described it is exactly how I felt. Like I was in 2017, I saw that vertical run up, and it was yeah. all my friends at home telling me around a bar, you got to get this. Yeah, I was like, you guys getting... are nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I literally bought the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. And that's that's probably number one point we can yeah. talk in our counseling session, Chance, yeah. is that 90% of people buy at the wrong time. Yeah. Because when the further an asset price goes up, the further euphoric you feel and the more FOMO, fear of missing out you get. Because at that point in time, when you see these charts, like 2017, even you know November, 2021, mm. the chart starts to rise at a 45 degree angle. And then we have what's called like a blow off top. And it, it basically just goes vertical and then it completely dives. And that vertical increase, you know, markets only go up based on people buying at that price. And that's when a lot of people buy in. And it's when the smarter money, people have been around for a long time, they're selling their crypto into those people that are buying. I like to think of it as like, 
is it the meme or the image of somebody holding like a, a long stick just on their hand trying to balance it? Yeah, yeah okay. Because there's no base. There's no base. Yeah. There's no base. So yeah, yeah. that blow off top, I can remember it in 2017. I can yeah. remember it in 2015 as well. Nuts. Everyone was expecting that as well to happen yeah. in this recent yeah. run that we had. So we never have used to talk about it all the time. I got sucked into it. I've been like, yeah. when is the blow off top coming? Yeah, like, yeah. And it just never happened, right? Yeah. So we everyone expected the blow off top back in 2021 to blow Bitcoin up over 100K USD, right? Yeah. So everyone's like, all right, it's like set, it's, it's, it's written in the scriptures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there was, a, there was a narrative, you know, and we saw it a lot. And like, there definitely was a percentage, I would have given a percentage likelihood that we were going to 100,000. But I think oh. for a lot of people that are new to crypto or, you know, maybe starting out or been in for a little bit, crypto is hugely euphoric and mm. emotion gets the better of most investors. And what tends to happen in crypto, what everyone expects to happen is the opposite, opposite. way. Yeah, I, I would say what you just described there is what I apply to everything I look at right now that I never used to is like, yeah. what's everyone else thinking? Fade it. The opposite. The opposite. Yeah. 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 Contrarians, I think, inherently do quite well yeah. Yeah. off the bat. Yeah, and yeah. I actually, I'm looking for reasons to disagree with you guys all today. Like, that's why I said I'm going to come. <laughs> disagree like, like hell back. with Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, like, re like realistically, it's like people all do the same thing. Mm, yeah. People always make that mistake. They do chase those candles. Like you said, when, when everyone's going right, you yeah. nine times out of 10, you should probably be going left, right? Mm. Like, like everybody said, Bitcoin's gone to, you know, 10K um, last year or in the last year. Everyone was on that narrative. It was so bearish. But all the indicators that we might follow, like RSI and like your fear and greed and these, yeah. kind of, you know, yep. entry level indicators we're all kind of screaming the opposite, right? But yep. people only use the indicators when it suits them as well. It, it, yeah. It's muscle memory. Like once you've been through, I think one cycle, you, you remember what happens and it's, it's literally very similar each cycle after that. Yep. So same thing. So it was November, December last year, Bitcoin was at 16,000. Mm -hmm. And I think 50 to 80% of people on YouTube and Twitter were saying that we're going to 12K. Everyone's calling for 10K. It's driving me nuts. Insane, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were looking at the on-chain metrics and going, like, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. I think a lot of technical analysis people were thinking it goes in there. I'm not a huge believer in TA. Obviously, it plays a part. Yeah. But uh, we finally got something to disagree with you. But yeah, we, we put out a post in, in November. I, I had stopped buying as of November 2021, okay. when we were just going crazy, stopped buying and then started buying around 16,000 because that was when the majority of people were saying, no, we're going lower yep. and we're going way lower. And that was muscle memory to go, hold up a minute, I've seen this movie before. Sure. And the metrics are saying opposite. But even if you look into the events that happened, like we had the Terra Luna crash, yep. arguably the biggest downward movement the industry saw. Mm -hmm. And we had FTX, which was stupid. Like it was crazy, right? Bigger. But it was a smaller dip than what Terra Luna had caused. Yeah. Like the amount of selling off that was caused by that calamity that took us to 16K. Like true. That's all we got, right? Very true. Yeah. So that's what I was like saying to people, like, what what are you waiting for to see yeah. that's going to take us to 10K? Like yeah. we literally just had yeah, the worst $50 thing, billion dollars worth yeah. of money just disappear or get made up out of thin air. It was, it was yeah, crazy. We always talk about on yeah. the crypto catch-up episodes, yeah. Pav, about like just the, sometimes I can't believe the conviction yeah. that remains in the market. Mm. Yep. And... Yeah, like after those catalysts, one of those catalysts could have taken out one another industry. Mm. They would have said, nobody's going to ever go back to that industry. Yep. But yet here we are in April now in 23, mm. like we've basically seen a V-shaped recovery yeah. since January, yeah, which yeah. is which is absolutely insane. I mean, it's it's great for all of us here. Like everyone's a lot, bit more positive. Yeah. You can't always rely on markets just to run businesses like Collective Shift and SwiftX like it is. Mm. You do have to have contingency, but at the same time, the markets this is the industry we're in yeah. where you know we live in markets every day so you know there is a, a deep effect there 
I think the other thing I see a lot of people make the mistake of is to make money in any markets, you need to primarily be in the minority, right, mm-hmm. of a decision. If you find yourself in the majority and following other people like sheep, you yeah. tend to be late to the party. And this has happened more recently with crypto AI, right? AI took off and then all of a sudden there's these crypto AI tokens. Yeah. By the time it's in the headlines, by the time you're thinking about it, 90% of the time you're too late. You know, you need to be thinking about things in the minority ahead of time. So back again, November, December, when everyone's thinking bearish, now's the time to start thinking, oh, hold up a minute. Let's actually, let's think about this for a little, little bit. Like, are we just following the crowd? If we have a different view, let, let's back ourselves. Let's have conviction. And Bitcoin's up, what, 75% yep. since January? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's insane. If you just be smart about it, you don't be emotional and you understand what's going on in the market, you can make some good investment decisions. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Like, I was going to touch on you know, like strategies that I use. And we always talk about dollar costs averaging into the market. Sorry, dollar costs averaging in and out of the market. Yeah. So it's it's important to do both. And I know Pav, I've taught Pav how to sell crypto. He didn't yeah. know how to sell. He didn't yeah. know that the red button was for selling. No. Years, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. yeah. A lot, and a lot of, and it's the hardest thing to do. In yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, we joke about it a fair bit, but, but it's true. But it is. Yeah. 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 And it, dollar cost averaging is the strategy and it's it's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna round it out by just today michael saylor from microstrategy which is kind of famous guy that started putting bitcoin on the books back in the day has just done it again so he bought you, more he's bought more bitcoin today so he's yep. bought 29 million us another 1045 bitcoin they now hold as a business 140,000 bitcoin on their books that's all awesome. it's decent isn't it? acquired acquired for 4.17 billion Yep. So over the last, I think he's been buying over the last three or four years. Yeah. But this is the key piece. They've bought at every price in every market, every, you know, every, every spike, every dip. Just buying. They've just kept buying and their average price now, we're only $1,000 US off them at the break even yeah, price. So they're like, yeah. they're still out of the money a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, look how close they are now using that dollar cost average strategy, you know, and that's, that's obviously high, high volume, high scale, yeah. but that can work for, for somebody with, whether you have, a hundred bucks, or if you have a thousand bucks, or you know, ten million bucks, the yeah. strategy remains the same. So, mm. and that's one that that I definitely use myself, yeah. like in a that weekly or bi-weekly purchase of yeah. the assets that I have done my research on, yeah. and have a conviction about. So, it, it's a good point, and I think a lot of people miss this. Like they might have bought in because again, a lot of people buy at the peak, and it's okay if you bought at the peak, right? You're probably down, but if you think about, there's a couple of ways you can get out of that position. One is you can sell and take the loss. Another one is you can just you just hold and, and wait for things to go up. Yep. Well, the third option is that you can lower your average price, just like Tom that's right. talking about. That's so right. yep. if you bought something at a $1,000 price and the, the current buy price is just say like 500, you're probably down 50%, but you can actually buy at that $500 price and your total portfolio average price now decreases. So it doesn't take as much for that price to increase to get back to green. And a lot of people don't think about that strategy. Mm. So it's another good one if you're thinking about wanting to lower your average buy price. Yeah. At DCA is a we show that on, on SwiftX. So like, for instance, if you bought something at $100, and you buy it at 50 your average price comes comes back down that perfect yeah that 50 deduction yeah. so it is key and i know a lot of for some reason a lot of apps don't actually offer it as like portfolio tracking tool but yeah like if one. you've done your research you've got the conviction over the asset you're essentially long yeah. that asset over you know a period of time and we'll probably talk about like time preferences as well in a minute like yeah. short-term investing versus long-term but like yeah averaging that lower price and actually being able to tangibly look at it and say yeah. all right well that cost me hundred dollars the first time Mm. Now it's only cost me $50. The market price is $40. I'm very close now here to, yeah. to breaking even again. And if you're long over time, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it, it does all come back to 
you have to have done your research. You have to have a process of researching the and fundamental analysis that you do that suits you. Everyone has a different way of doing it. Like we'll, we talked about TA. So, you know, everyone has a different way of doing that, but it's just so, it's so mm-hmm. vital to the long-term. And we always talk about long-term investing approach. It doesn't matter if it's crypto, if it's property, if it's equities, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it works in every market for me. Before we move on to the next topic, I want to double click on the sell strategy because it's the same problem at the bottom, right? When yeah. we're at the bottom of the market, people think we're ultra bearish and it's hard to buy. At the top of the market, it's very hard to sell because sure. people think it's going higher. Yeah. And I made this mistake in my first bull run. I, I completely you know, held everything, got to the top, like, oh my goodness, what if it does this? What if it does sure. that? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Everyone's yeah. done it. The next cycle, implemented a plan. And this is what we recommend to all our members. When coming into crypto, you need to have a plan. Whether it's just tracking your crypto and you know what you have, but also setting those target sell prices and dollar cost averaging out of the market, like Tommy was talking about, right? So the way I do it is I set a target price for my assets and I have percentages that I sell at prices from that minimum moving up. Now you can do it a couple of ways. One, you can sell lower percentages and move the way up. So sell 5% at 1,000, 10% at 1,250, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can do the other way. You can sell 50% at 1,000, for example, 40% at 1250, 30%, et cetera, et cetera. I tend to go lowest to highest because I find in some bull markets, you get that blow off top and you get a lot of value. And if you're triggering yep. those sell orders, you're going to make a lot of capital. We didn't see that in the last one. So sort of hedging your bets, but create a plan and stick to it. So many people come into bull markets with no plan and you're sitting there refreshing your portfolio, thinking how much money you made. And four months later, you're sitting there down 50% because it's all over. Yeah. The argument I always hear, and it's not a valid argument, is like mm. the capital gains tax argument. <laughs> Listen, it is one, but yeah. would you rather realize yeah. a capital gain or have to write off a loss? Yeah. So like some people are kind of like, it's like I've got the blue pill and the red pill. It's like the, you know, the blue pill is take profit. The red pill is, oh, I don't want it because I'm going to get a capital gains tax event. It's like, it just makes no sense. Yeah. But like people try and rationalize this capital gains tax. It is a key. Yeah. You do need to be aware of it. Yeah. So like, when you are along these assets, yes, maybe I'll hold it for another month when I, so I can go into my over 12 months yeah, yeah, yeah. and get my 50%, you know, CGT yeah. deduction. But it's interesting to hear that. And one of the other, just on to your point, Ben, what I've heard from a lot of people that I've talked to about this exact plan, friends of mine and, and people that I know in the industry, they're like, well, I've got 60 assets. <laughs> so like you know yeah, and he's an next mistake <laughs> <laughs> so like i mean and that's it is difficult if you've got 60 assets to go and my advice is always sit down and do two today yeah you know like in terms of like charting out or not charting out but like mapping out those take profit yep. targets or those stop loss targets so but it can be quite overwhelming for people right most people don't have the time and everything else so yeah let's talk about that because i talk to a lot of people as well that have just so many old coins in their portfolio right like you know, think of yourself, I think of myself and all investors, I think, should think of themselves as like a VC, right? Yep. A venture capitalist. You have a pool of capital and you're deploying that into companies to try and grow that capital and make money. That's the idea of investing. If you have 60 companies that you're investing into, you have a very low likelihood or chance of being able to stay across what those 60 companies, one, even do to yep. their roadmap or three, if they're delivering on their roadmap, right? So we saw last year, for example, if you're holding FTT in the FTX token, like we started to see some rumblings early on before FTX blew up around that token, right? But if you've got FTT amongst 59 other assets, yeah. no way yes. are you going to be able to be across it. Yeah. So so what we try and say is like, obviously, you want to have assets in your portfolio that you have conviction in, but try and keep it to a number that you can stay across, sure. a number that you know what they're doing and you know when they're not delivering, right? Because if you have a 60 assets, one, it's hard to create a plan. And two, it's going to be super hard to execute yeah. that plan. Yep. It's, it's, 
chaos at the at the peak of the market. That's very true. Yeah, and I think even that is like the next topic is a lot of people just don't know portfolio asset allocation. Like they'll won't understand the you know the difference between Bitcoin and ETH and the other altcoins. They don't understand displacement of funds through those assets. Like what sort of conversations have you had with people in recent time or, or I guess around that topic? Like the, the classic age old one, how much is Bitcoin, how much is altcoins? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people even I, I see both. Some people are super Bitcoin and Ethereum heavy, which I tend to be in preference of. That's what my personal portfolio is. Some yeah. of those people have very little Bitcoin and Ethereum and have a lot of olds because Bitcoin's, you know, old and boring, right? Sure, sure. And for me, like cryptocurrency is a super risky asset class to begin with. And, and the lower you down, go down the list, the higher risk you have. And yes, they have potential upside, but they've just got just as much chance of going down just as much, right? Mm-hmm. So we tend to say, hold, you know, majority of your portfolio in at least Bitcoin and Ethereum if you want that as well. But then you've also got to be mindful of your altcoins and what blockchain they're based on as well. Same with NFTs, right? People don't realize that by buying Aave, you're also leveraged on Ethereum, right? Or buying a Solana NFT, you're also leveraged on Solana. You're basically leveraging your position on those altcoins and they are super risky, right? A lot of these are just unproven business models. So if you're going to get into the altcoin space, which I hold some, I think just think about having a very small allocation to those. Yep. That's interesting you say that. Like I, I never actually thought about it like that. Like I do understand that it runs, these projects do run on Ethereum. So by buying into those, you're essentially long Ethereum. But then you're also long Ethereum if you've got it in your portfolio. Right. So you're kind of like doubling down yeah. on it, which is kind of not really the situation that you want to get into. Yeah. Because most people won't think about it that way. They'll yeah. think about I'm I'm long this asset versus yeah. being long Ethereum. And, and and the other point was like I saw this actually with people that were investing tons of money in crypto back in 2020, 2021, but then also buying like MicroStrategy stock. Yeah. yeah. Also buying Based. a stock with coin in Coinbase. Yeah. So I was like you're really just oversaturating your overall, like that crypto, even though these companies are not technically, you know, based in crypto, their exposure and their performance is linked directly to crypto markets. So like that was another mistake that I seen from a few kind of guys that were a bit over leveraged in the whole space and and they didn't actually know. People don't know, they just go and invest. So we've actually built a tool in Collective Shift in your dashboard, you can plug in the assets that you own and it gives you a breakdown of not only the asset sectors, but you know, what sort of, cryptocurrency they are so you can get a really good feel for like that breakdown yeah like but categories categories yeah, yeah so nice. all the assets yeah. are categories yeah. so but i think it just comes down to again like you can't possibly know what all those 60 cryptocurrencies do yeah right like i believe a lot of the value over the next five to ten years will accrue into the to some of the top more i call like blue chip assets or your top 20 top 50. Mm-hmm. i think a lot of the lower old coins will go to zero i think a lot of them are, the value is driven by hope and fomo yeah like cult-like communities with people holding on for dear life that the project you know sustains and those projects are more focused on their token holders and giving them hope and pumping up the price than actually building a product that actually people want right yeah very true yeah and i think the only thing that i've sort of come through the wash and seen as well as every shitcoin or altcoin will have its day and you can't hold that to be merit for future performance and um yeah i mean it's just that half these things aren't transparent you just have no idea what's going on some of them are just rebrand and new face new sticker and and basic tokenomics some of these tokens are literally printing just like fake currency the reason why most of us are in crypto anyway are doing the exact same thing printing more tokens inflating the 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 supply that was yeah the the terror situation right kind of unfolded like that that was a bit of a big one all right so another comment topic i guess to cover for getting comfortable in crypto is doing research so i know we always 
talk about it till the cows come home, but I guess it'd probably be a good time to shut up and actually talk about what we actually do. So Tommy, what would you say is, is a good way to start off a research? Obviously you've got a got a collective shift, right? <laughs> I was just going to give Ben a break. He's been, 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 we've been running the dagger on. <laughs> His right arm's getting close. <laughs> what's in it. Um, Sharing a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've got your homework done. <laughs> uh, Matt, listen, it, it's a wide variety for me. Like yeah. I, I use a lot of the more technical on-chain analytics, like Ben, you talked about some of the on-chain analytics across Bitcoin. I do probably low to medium level TA across the assets that I'm mm-hmm. interested in. Fundamental analysis is obviously very big. So, you know, finding out the nuts and bolts of what a project actually does. Is it solving a problem? Who the team are? Like these kind of key things The tokenomics is a big one. We probably don't need to break that down today, but like these are kind of fundamental things that I just, it's kind of a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. But listen, being honest about it, there are times where you just jump on something that is trending as well, but it depends what type of trading I'm trying to do. So yeah, if okay. I'm spot trading for the long term, like I legit, I reckon I've got about 10 assets mm-hmm. that I'm long on mm-hmm. overall in the whole market. Mm-hmm. But then I've probably got exposure to 30 assets, mm-hmm. but I've got those for a different reason, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? So I'm using the market to, like at the end of the day, we're all here to, we need to, we're running businesses and we've got to make money and we're trading to make profit as well. So different categories of, of assets have different use cases, I think, for your portfolio, like whether you're doing long and short trading, if you do trading on margin, or if you're just spot holding and kind of averaging in, like we said, averaging mm-hmm. into the market. So yeah, I mean, there are kind of key ways that I like to differentiate it. I do like to use the more juvenile indicators as well, like, like the likes of the juvenile indicator. Like the likes of- We are in therapy. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, it's, this is a safe place, Tommy. <laughs> you said there was no wrong answer. <laughs> What's a safe place? It's like what they just said. We're still gonna laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is this not the nest in the of trust? No, no, right. Now I forgot what I was gonna say. That's amazing. That's like you feel. No, no, I'm talking about like the fear and greed. Oh uh, yeah, that's know. not juvenile. Well, I mean, it's more, it's an easier one to follow. You don't have to dig into okay. the analysis on it as much. As right, right. So, okay. yeah, I mean, in terms of the research, that's probably as high, as, a, as extensive as it goes for me at this point. But I mean, just been in the markets for, for so long, that, you know, I guess you, you can kind of spot red flags quicker than the average yeah. person just from the length of time yeah. exposed to the market. So, mm. yeah, what about yourself, Ben? Well, look, it's genuinely the reason I created Collective Shift. And one of the biggest problems I had, I wasn't a technical person when I first started in crypto and trying to understand this space and reading white papers, like I'm just like, oh my goodness, like this is this is super difficult to understand, right? And watching YouTube videos, I found there was a lot of influencers that were saying all sorts of crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Saying it's going to a million dollars tomorrow, then it's going to zero. They're pumping projects, there's shit coins going everywhere. Then you realize a lot of them are getting paid to promote stuff. Like it's just the wild west. Yeah. So- you know, the reason we created Collective Shift was to help everyday people understand this space by having like simple but quality research-backed analysis. So if I'm looking at an asset, let's say I want to look into Uniswap or Aave as an example, you know, we've developed like a, an assets list in our platform where you can go and click on that asset and you can basically get a breakdown of what the project does, how it creates value through its tokenomics, and then we give a bullish and bearish analysis of that token. So within sort of five minutes, you can get a good understanding of a simple level what that token does. And then we have categorized research. So whenever we do research on, a, on an asset, you can see it in that page. You can click on it and see our latest thoughts on you know, X or Y token. So for us, we really wanted to 
Because it's a big problem, right? It, it is difficult for a lot of people to wrap your head around and just the quality of information, mm-hmm. unless you've been in this space for a long time, is hard to filter. Yeah. So that's all, all, yeah. what I'm trying to There's build. There's a problem there to solve. And there you, is. You guys are. Well, that's yeah, what we're trying to solve. And it's a, and it's a big yeah. problem, right? Like, it's huge. You know, and obviously there's some other amazing sites out there that, that, you know, that we use, but like, we're really trying to listen to what are the problems in the market and what are problems that investors are having and then trying mm. to just develop a really simple solution to help people invest better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I guess for myself, a bit of a hybrid. I would say I only have really major investments in like three crypto assets long term, and then everything else is open season for me. I'm pretty uh, sure everyone, because they think we work at a, a crypto exchange, that yeah. we have like a million tokens or like invest in a million tokens. Uh, I'm probably top heavy with with having exposure to like thirty, right? Like that's a big enough number. Yeah. 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 But I guess I work in it every day. But like, yeah, I didn't actually know that you have the three tokens. Well, three that I'm like big. I've got like yeah. probably I would say close to thirty. Yeah. But they all have a purpose, like similar like to yourself. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Ultra ultra low caps. So, so similar to yourself, where you've got some yeah. bigger large positions and then some smaller like microplays. Yeah. 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 And like, they're all theme based for me. So like I'll try and research a narrative like you know ones i've been following like i miss ai yeah. i didn't jump into ai it wasn't that hard for me to do this time around but like i've been looking at zk rollups yep. and what's sort of evolving in that space some of the partnerships that are developing so a couple of mainnets going live and tokens going down did you get on arbitrum i did recently yeah. in this little dip it had when i had that what do you call it the aip yep. failure the, yeah. the proposal vote yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. price tank like Thank going you. against the grain, right? Yeah, yeah. price, price tank. Yeah. You're looking yeah, at the, the opportunity. Yeah. That was actually my entry because I didn't get the airdrop. I missed out on like yeah. two actions to get the airdrop, but I know I wanted long-term exposure. Yeah, nice. So that's, I was looking that enough, was me. Looking enough to get yeah. some of the airdrop for, for trading yeah. and a couple of the DEXs yeah, that were nice. connected with Abertrum. So yeah. 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 that was pretty good. That was good. I'm not really an NFT person, I would say, and very heavy technical. Just because for me, the way I like to view the market is performance-based. So for example, I love it when the market, specifically Bitcoin, will dive five plus percent. Mm-hmm. I'll then look and see which altcoins are bouncing up the fastest and then put them on a watch list. And that'll be like kind of what I'm watching. Awesome. And then it's just simple. It's just market structure. Is it going higher, making higher lows? Yeah. That's it. Simple. What type of trading do you most of? Like, is it mix of leverage, margin? Mix of everything. Yep. Yeah. But try, because I've got two and another kid on the way. I can't really do too much <laughs> silly stuff. So yeah, it's it's very limiting in terms of free time that I have. Would you call it silly stuff? Like I hear a lot of people come down on like leverage trading with a ton of bricks. Like depends what you're you doing just, for. You, you just do not touch it if you don't know how to use it. Depends right? who it is. Yeah, and it yeah, really yeah. depends who it is. And it's not for the entry-level investor. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. Stay the emotional investor either. Like, oh, that's why I don't trade because I'm just a bit too emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like you stay the hell away from that. Yeah. Much, you know? yeah, but a lot of, like I know a lot of, even there's a lot of Facebook groups that have been spun up in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, do like, trading calls and they want people to get in and start leveraging when they'd have no idea and just kind of follow the signals and follow yeah. the calls like that that's just a recipe for getting wrecked as it is people saw. it's that's, um that's definitely if you don't have risk management down pat it's all execution like you can have all the insights and signals you want but if you can't execute pragmatically like yeah like you're saying it's just setting yourself up for failure profit is profit right yeah, it is it is matter the capital gains um, yeah. <laughs> it's a common theme here that I want to double click on for the listeners is like this yep. conviction play, you know, like we've yep. got conviction on those assets. And for me, I hold four assets and two of them are Bitcoin and Ethereum. My conviction is right now is purely in Bitcoin. Like I have conviction in other assets, but I don't tend to buy them because the capital that I have to deploy in crypto is going into one asset. Mm. And that for me is Bitcoin because I had the most conviction. And I think the biggest lesson I've learned over the past was one of the reflections I did at the end of last year mm. about my investing. That's another thing you should do as well as an investor do a reflection, do a real self-awareness piece, understand your mistakes, your lessons learned, yep. fix and iterate moving forward. One of the biggest lessons that I wrote down that I didn't have enough conviction 
Well, I had conviction, but I didn't actually execute on that conviction. So yeah, okay. there were some plays in the past, which we're probably going to talk about our biggest mistakes <laughs> around like assets that we liked and thought they were going to do well, but then started second and guessing ourselves when the price wasn't appreciating as much as what we would have hoped. We sell, we get out, da 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 da. And right now, like I have my conviction in Bitcoin and I'm just putting, you know, basically as much as I can into that asset because that's where I believe a lot of the value to go. And not saying the other assets won't perform the same, it's different for different people. Maybe you're looking at narratives, you're looking at different things. You know, there's liquid stake and there's a bunch of different stuff going on. People have different viewpoints. That's what makes markets exciting. So, mm, yeah. yeah. How do you, if you don't mind me asking, how do you think about custody? Like of those, of that Bitcoin that you buy or yeah. whatever that schedule is? Like, do you yeah. got it in a private wallet? You got it in like Ledger or what, what, what yeah. way do you do it? So yeah, straight to a Ledger. So I use a service called Get Paid in Bitcoin. Yeah. So I take a percentage of my salary into Bitcoin each week. The reason I use that service is because I don't have to think about it. And it also, the money doesn't hit my account first, just goes straight to my wallet. Yeah, I've um, seen that. The guys yeah. are the guys are actually doing a really good job. I think, yeah. I think it's, a, it's a cool Super cool simple. Yeah. Super, super, and like, you know, you guys have an auto buy feature. You can do it anywhere. Yeah. For me, the automated nature, and I the reason I actually used it for two years during 2018 and 2019, I took 100% of my salary in Bitcoin. So I was like funneling all my wage straight into my ledger. That's ballsy. That yeah, is ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a conviction play. Then I... Then I <laughs> I was balls on Bitcoin, but not these other assets that I should have. But anyway. How was it um, living in your car and eating Weedabix for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was in dark. It's like, well, we're in Jeremy yeah, boys. Safe <laughs> space, Tommy. Safe space. <laughs> and the drop, drop in 2018, we went from 6K to 3K. Oh, was, man. That was, that was hairy. I remember sitting, I was at ETHCON. Vitalik was doing a presentation in 2018. Ethereum was $80. And we were, we were asking him when it's going to 100. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know. <laughs> And we're seeing at 1800, you know, that's mental. I, I told a story on the podcast a few times about I was skiing in Japan in March 2020 when it went from seven and a half or eight grand US back to 3K. Yeah. And I was in Japan. And I was like, this is the moment. Like, I, I just, yeah, it, it was a good move at the time, but I had a term deposit with one of the ADIs mm. and I broke the term deposit. So it cost me probably five or six grand to sure. get out of the term deposit to put all of that straight into You did it? You, I did it. I did it. Yeah. I did it from Japan. I was there like, it's like a half day on the slope. It's ballsy, man. Pretty good. Well, yeah, because everyone was everyone was calling it down to a thousand dollars at the yep. time. Yeah. But I mean, I just yeah, again, I was confident. I, I thought it was going to go to thousand dollars as well, yeah. but I was happy at that entry point. Yeah. That that it was going to recover and go. It's the conviction we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. And thinking about it in the longer term, not yeah. just being in the moment and being being yeah. emotional. Even though that kind of a that was a, a lump boy. Yeah. It was an emotional lump boy. Yeah. I would probably admit that. But yeah. but it was emotional on an underpriced asset. It wasn't emotional because you were chasing yeah. the market. You saw yeah, an opportunity. No, yeah, that's right. It's right. It's right. Like it, there's a big difference between doing something like that for something that has corrected what fifty or sixty percent in right, yeah. you know two three days yeah. versus something that's kind of on this oh, you know yeah. unrealistic trajectory yeah. if you want to call mm. it that. So. Have I told you guys on the last pod about my loan, my loan story? Have I told you about that? Yeah, I think I you, you, you yeah. touched on getting the money out, getting yeah. the money out of the bank, and well, they. Why yeah. repeat them? <laughs> Give us a quick one. So I don't, I don't, do not recommend this to anyone. I was still living at home at the time. I just turned eighteen. I had no money. This is when Bitcoin dived down to those sort of like it was on the way down from six to three. And after six months of research, I had that so much, honestly, so much conviction, but I had no money. I was literally just like, I had no assets. I was living, I was sharing a bunk bed with my brother at home. I was like, man, I need to, I need to get in this asset class. Went to the bank and asked for a, a loan and I didn't, for an investment. And obviously they're like, you know, be, me being 18 year old self going, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, roll out here with yeah, They're like, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Bitcoin and, you know, basically it's just security was nearly cold. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. But dad, genuinely. Especially in Tessie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit what? 
it. Like, I suppose he didn't shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> but went back literally the next day and said, I was going on a holiday to the US. And I need some money to go on a holiday. Yeah. And this for me is a great example of like the banking sector. It's like you won't give money to someone to invest, but you give the money at a 12% interest rate to go on a holiday. Mm. Within three hours, $20,000 wired to my bank account and went straight into, straight into Bitcoin with it. So mm. I don't recommend that to anyone. It was just my circumstance. You're, you're on. Perfect. I literally had no downside risk. I was living at home, had no assets. I was just turned 18. Like there was literally yeah. no downside. Do not recommend that to anyone. Yeah. But it's the story of like having conviction in something and sometimes you just got to back yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Average really rates at the moment would be like a million percent anyway. If you yeah, want I wouldn't be doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> if it's 6% on the house for a personal loan, it's probably 25. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me that. Pam, what's your, your, your ballsy story? It was just this recent, like in December, like I got sick of everyone calling the bottom. So I, again, like I'm bit cash straps, yeah. family sits and everything. Yeah. So I have had to settle the position, but I 100x longs, like pretty close to the bottom. Wow. But I took it out. Like as soon as I made a tidy profit, I was like, I can't hold on to this just in case. Yeah. So that was the conviction play. Cause again, like for me, I was like, I've been in before seeing this crap. I don't want to have to listen to this yeah, just bullshit on Twitter at them going like it's just fine. It was almost like a sentiment gauge for me, and the structure looked good. Everything sounded like it was going well. It's unreal, man. Yeah, hundred X long, nearly at the bottom. Yeah, that's that beats you and I. Oh yeah, it's but, up there. I, I would, I'm not even competing myself. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you exit the position quite quickly when you're yeah. at high that high level yeah, risk. Yeah. You're not sitting in it unless you want to have another story to tell. That's not a good story. <laughs> Listen, um, we're, we're talking about big regrets as well. Yeah, there's some pretty positive stories. Let's go to the negative. No, like, but I was going to say, yeah, and oh, there's so many negative stories. We could be here all. Day probably talking about them and i've you know i've bought projects that have gone to zero like put 10 grand into them like it back in the market i think everybody did it we all we all did it at some stage right but um i think it kind of goes back to like the biggest regret and i know there's a few people have that we know mm. specifically that like got into an asset at a really good price got that 20 to 30 to 40x yeah and then never exited mm. so like we talked about you know running it up in the market top of the market but not down. selling so that dollar cost average yeah selling out of the market is just yeah. so yeah, important like you know we yeah. know we we know i not have we won't we won't mention any names here but like we know a couple of people that would have gone like from 10 grand to kind of like three mil yeah you know that's generation changing money for pretty much any any average yeah. person right? it's a great point money does some pretty crazy things it is weird isn't it it does some really weird. crazy things to psychology like it's not natural to make money that fast you know what I mean? It's like, got to be just the fact that the effort was nothing, and that's, correct, you, your correct. brain just can't. Yeah, you don't process it, right? Like, it what into, is it? You don't put it into the same category as the money you had to work the forty hours for. Correct. It's yeah. the, the reward. The reward to the work ratio is not there. It's, it's why there's a massive amount of people that win Tats Lotto, yeah. lose all of it, and end up homeless. It's a, it's an insane number because sure. the reward to the effort you put in mm. is not. He's not balanced. So that's why you start to sort of lose yourself when you're making that sort of money. So yeah, it's very true. Yeah. If you look at, I mean, the whole situation that played around with FTX and, mm -hmm. and the liquidity shifting yeah. that they were doing across different businesses, that was all because they didn't know how to handle the influx of deposits that were coming in or the money that was coming into the business. They couldn't handle it. So yeah. they, they try to think of other inventive ways to, you know, to siphon money in different places. Yeah. Like I genuinely think they were just incompetent just as hell yeah I, like i don't think at least initially yeah. that they were trying to defraud people no. like i don't know it's just my opinion on it but things just get out of hand sometimes i just think it got out of hand and they just did not know they didn't have like the experience they're like the street fighting anchor man you know all of a sudden someone's got to try it down through their chest yeah, that's right <laughs> sorry it's, it's no, also I'm thinking about the, the guy with the um Brock, <laughs> rick kildiger yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> i won't be able to think about this honestly but yeah but do people dig themselves 
further and further because they were at let's say at three million then they're at 2.5 like oh i can't sell now like, yeah that's that that's definitely it's that two, then it's a one like oh, now i j- literally can't leave i was at three and yeah. then run it all the way down i think that's the thing with crypto you don't get that second opportunity to sell a lot of the times with these lesser coins it's either you take it or you miss it no gentleman's entry or exit in crypto yeah that's then i want to pull it back to collective shift and and the work that you guys are doing what are you seeing the most of like what are people coming in at the moment to collective shift like you're doing probably we can talk about it now you guys are doing like consultation calls like entry calls for people that kind of need a bit of a steer or even just experienced people that want to have a chat to you guys about what they should be doing with their portfolio or different ways but uh what's the most common theme you're seeing people coming in to talk about or the questions that they're asking it's a good question and the reason we launched it was because there was just really no one in in crypto to talk to i know you guys do calls with some of your clients but yeah you know i think we were we were actually one of the first hmm. exchanges yeah it's a great service to, to, yeah. to offer phone calls. Like it's hard to scale, as you as you well know. Now it's only one bin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your phone's ringing now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's something that we started off, and we people loved it. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah I let you I let you give yeah. the feedback on it. Yeah, so so we do this with our members, right? So we have a you know, membership service where we offer this, and it was the most valuable thing our members had. So like, well, why don't we offer a like a a limited number, smaller call time to just some of the public that might be interested just want to have a chat and talk through their portfolio and just our latest research and insights on what we're seeing. And some of the biggest questions around like, what are the sectors that we're looking at in the future, you know, to add some more risk on assets to our portfolio? Maybe they're holding a lot of BTC and ETH, or maybe they're holding a lot of coins from previous bull markets that are down a lot and don't know where yeah, they're going, okay. you know, just some things like some, some thoughts around different assets. Also, not really a big one is not sure who to trust in the space. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a big what one. We're really trying to push is like, an entity and you know why we work with you know great players like y- yourselves at SwiftX is like you know we're we're trying to showcase that there is some actually some good people out there there's some reputable organizations that are genuinely here to help because mm-hmm. we've been through all the mistakes and lessons that a lot of people have been through and now we're trying to showcase because we're so passionate about this industry we know where it's going but there needs to be some sort of some some rails on like how people can yeah. sort of get through there safely yeah in the absence of of regulation the industry is obviously largely self-regulated yeah still is today and it's unlikely we're going to get it anytime soon. We're probably still another 18 months, two years away from getting anything tangible. So in the absence of that, who can you trust? Who exactly. who should you be going yeah. to? So I guess, you know, it's good that you guys help with that steer as well. Yeah. yeah. And then we, so we don't do the buying and selling of crypto. We we don't take your money. We're, we're purely independent. We're not paid to promote anything. Yeah. Purely independent. Obviously, we have a, a paid service for those that, you know, want a little bit more. But, you know, we're really trying to showcase that there, you know, as I said, there is, there is some strategies that do work. There is some like, Good assets out there there's a lot of poor ones as well so we're not only flagging you know sectors that we like but also sectors that we don't like you know and talking about more fundamentals around like how we price certain assets and things like that and then also just generally helping people with questions their ledger live might not be working properly or like they don't know how to move their crypto to a cold wallet or oh, Pav, remember we had this conversation two or three years ago we're like imagine if you set up a we actually talked about it was like a back in the old just office. literally the ledger only like even helping people get to cold yeah. wallets yeah. we had so many people coming through they're like oh i've got this yeah i've got my ledger but i've got no idea like it yeah. is ledger the user experience on it's gotten better uh, it's gotten better now with Still the hard. new one they have but it's still like you yeah. gotta you gotta yeah. be pretty just you gotta have some idea yeah. how, how to work with technology yeah. right like and so many people will make the mistake of like you know storing their keys on a google drive like I've, yeah. i know people that put, yeah. put in their google drive for a second delete it hackers in take all their crypto right like or holding on some dodgy exchange or like you know trying to earn yield on some random token on a DeFi platform <laughs> yeah. and not really knowing what they do and, and a lot of beginners their strategies are super complex like i believe in right. a super simple, simple. Yeah. dollar cost averaging buy good assets hold for the long term 
get exposure to good sectors ahead of time. It's a really easy strategy, but so many people overcomplicate it and mm. trying to make money too quick. They're trying to earn passive income. And this is where I get passionate because there's so many gurus online showing the dream about how you can sit sit on your couch and make all this money. Yeah. It's a load of crap. Mm. Like yeah. it is a genuine load of nonsense. It's not possible. If it was possible, I'll tell you what, us three wouldn't be sitting here doing this. We'd be yeah. doing it ourselves, right? Yeah, so the rest of the world. Yeah. 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 Like I mean there's you know I do believe in in like proof of stake. Yeah. Like and that the technology that that runs that and the the way that the transactions are kind of verified and decentralized nature of, of how it can work too. That's a bit of a one that people could argue against, but that is a passive income way that we do talk about it mm -hmm. at times. But again, you don't just invest in an asset or buy an asset because it gives you yield. You yep. you have to do the fundamental analysis. Right. You have to- Has to be value in that chain. Has to, to be value to in it because, you know, a hundred percent of zero is still zero. Yeah. And that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what can happen yeah, many times. So, and that, and that is definitely one that we, I think I still see a lot of people coming in and saying, yeah. oh, you can get 12% yield on this over here it's like yeah but what are the risks and, and yeah. uh, what actually is the asset supposed to be doing yeah. so you get 100 percent on axi mate yeah well that's what happened with we talked about terra luna earlier people yeah. all people saw was yeah 20 percent on anchor, stable coins. anchor protocol yeah. where you can put it in there and you earn 20 percent and you know <laughs> it worked fine for a while and then and you don't know right there's token token economics like axi or like xrp you know you might be earning this yield or like the price might be doing a certain thing. A lot of these tokens, like those I just to explain, their supply increases, right? Mm. So it's just like- You're diluting it. You're diluting it, yeah. right? So yeah, it's back to your point, Tommy, like, you know, we, we launched this for the SwiftX customers probably a month ago now, and there's some analysis already in the in the analysis platform. I know there's members have been, or you guys have been loving that, but we've had literally probably, geez, I don't know, nearly in the hundreds of calls with SwiftX right. customers now. And it's, it's been, I genuinely love speaking to people because I can hear where their problems are at. I can hear like the struggles and, and the way they're thinking about crypto and it helps us define the content to help people just make better decisions. So mm. you can um, head over to collectiveshift.io forward slash SwiftX and you can jump on those. Yeah, we'll share links in the, in the description of the episode as well yep. for, for guys to book a consult. Like I, I think it's awesome. I'm pro face-to-face -face interactions, yeah, pro jumping on the phone, having yeah. a chat with someone. That's where you really can actually start to build trust and everything else. Yep. Yeah. At the end of the day, you guys are kind of doing, for me, it's like a portfolio health check in a way, yeah. 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 which is what's the harm in jumping on a, was a 10 minute phone yeah, call, 10, minutes, yeah. 10, 15 minute yeah. phone call with, with you guys and, and doing a portfolio health check and, yeah. and you know you, your you, cholesterol you, checked yeah. yeah that's right well I was talking footy scores yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well I mean it's all part of it it's yeah, all part of the relationship building anyway yeah, yeah, you know yeah. talk yeah. about whatever you want to talk about so yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, this is, we did say this was the- it's uh, the group therapy session. The, 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 the group therapy, yeah, therapy yeah. session is is close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> ben, thanks for thanks for coming in. It's been great. Me and Ben are off to the footy tonight. So we're going to watch yeah. the, the Brisbane Lions. Ben is a big Brisbane Lions I'm fan. Excited. So excited. Giving him a, a shirt and everything. That <laughs> doesn't care. Are you going to wear Lions or you can't wear Collingwood in there? No, no, I wouldn't be let in. In the game. <laughs> All my teeth. Make that joke as well. So Thanks for having me, guys. I always appreciate it. It's been good having you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.